Hello, welcome to the Musician's Journey podcast. My name is Ragn Hell and in this interview I talk a bit about myself, so I'm not going to do it in the intro as well. If you're hungry for more music, there is a playlist on Spotify also called The Musician's Journey Podcast with music by many of the musicians I have been talking to here so far. And if you enjoy listening to these conversations and feel like buying me a coffee in return, you can do so via my page on coffee. I'm actually not spending money on coffee these days, so if you donate money to me, it'll more likely be spent on covering the cost of new cello strings, which I just purchased. Today, I'm happy to share the conversation I had with freelance violinist Isabel Ande. There are two excerpts from her performances in this episode. The first is her own composition called Isas Polska where Isabel is accompanied by Andreas Hedlund on the piano. And the second is an excerpt from Café 1930 by Astor Piazzolla, where Isabel is accompanied by Mikael Olofsson on the guitar. I think some very interesting aspects of musician life surfaced during this interview, such as having to set one's own boundaries regarding how available to be at any time, And how do I, as a woman, choose what to wear for a wedding gig? Shall I try to imagine how others would like to see me? Or shall I show up as my usual, not so very feminine self? If you have some comments of your own, feel free to share those with me on Instagram or on Coffee, where anyone can leave a comment. even uh, Easter Sunday. Is that a day off for you? <laughs> yes, it is actually. Um, I haven't had any uh, Easter concerts <laughs> this year. So yeah, I'm free. Nice. Would you like to introduce yourself and say where you're from and where you're living and what you do? Yes, sure. Uh, my name is Isabel and I I'm born and raised in Stockholm, uh, and I live in Stockholm now. Uh, but I have uh, studied in uh, Örebro and uh, Piteå, and also uh, one uh, semester in uh, Japan in an orchestra academy. But since about 10 years now, I, I live in Stockholm again, and... Uh, freelance right yes so 
you are playing a lot with a cellist called Eric Hambrefosch, who I just had on this podcast, and he was mentioning you so much, I thought I, I wanted to talk to you as well. Yes. But do you want to talk a little more about how music became a part of your professional life? Oh, uh, that's a good question. I think uh, both Eric and I went to a music gymnasium here in Stockholm. And, uh, well, it was uh, nice to to play so much uh, at school time. And we had orchestra and chamber music and uh, different uh, genres. And I think it was then, uh, about when we were 16 17, 18 years old, uh, that I felt like, okay, I think I want to try and and, uh, and work with this. Uh, so I guess it was somewhere around there. But I played the violin since I w- was um, eight years old, I think. Did you actively decide to be a freelancer or did you one day kind of realize that you were actually a freelance violinist? Well, I think I I was choosing a bit between uh, trying to uh, have music as my job uh, or uh, studying something else. And uh, then I applied for the music college and I got in in Örebro. And I think it was uh, when I started studying there Like I felt, okay, this is this this is what I'm going to do, and then uh, we had some freelance gigs uh, while studying. So I think it it started during the music college. So I think it, it wasn't like one day I felt like, okay, now I'm a freelancer, but it it just became kind of natural. And you haven't looked back? No, not really. Sometimes. Uh, you can miss some kind of structure in life because freelancing is a bit um, irregular and uh, unsafe in some ways. But um, no, I've stuck with it (laughs) since. Only for the past year explored how it would be like to uh, be a freelancer. So I'm a cellist. And I didn't really try to have it as my job before. I didn't want to combine music making with economy. Mm. I wanted work to be simple and then I could do what I wanted as a cellist. But now I'm getting into it. So I'm getting into taxes and uh, the possibility of playing for weddings and um mm. So this is why I'm, I've been talking to people to get some advice, to hear others' experiences. Because I've been intrigued by all the little things that I've uh, yeah, been faced with. Uh, yeah. It's such a big world. It is. And to come from a music education where the focus has really been on practicing and playing... I remember we had a little bit only about the more practical aspects of professional life, but uh, not really much. And at that time, I couldn't even relate to it, you know. I just wanted to play. I I didn't have 
an idea of how knowing anything about taxes would be relevant for me. I, my brain wasn't there. How do you feel your education prepared you for freelance musician life? Um, well, I, I agree with you that it's it's mostly focused on, uh, I mean, the music and uh, practicing and maybe preparing for um, auditions in in some aspect, but not yeah. not as much as you said the practical part of freelancing but we had in PQ actually like uh, one economy course uh-huh. uh, <laughs> where we where we learned some some things about uh, having your own um, company company yes <laughs> about taxes and uh, and stuff and that was really good but uh, maybe it would have been even better to have that course like the last year <laughs> because we had it i don't remember but maybe first or second year so I think maybe it would have been uh, good to have it uh, to remind yourself <laughs> how mm. it works and last year and but the last year was so much about um, your your big uh, exam concert and your uh, writing I mean you're supposed mm. to write an essay and uh, a lot of other stuff yeah so of course it's it's hard to to fit everything in but Yeah, I, I could wish for a little bit more practical preparation, as you said, <laughs> actually, in the education. But uh, but on the other hand, you, I mean, you get into it, you can always ask colleagues how it works and yeah. Skatteverket and all these uh, fun places have yeah, like uh, free courses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you have your own company? Yes. You're not just using an online billing service? No. Have you had any confusions or challenges there to do with combining music making with economy? Um, no, not really. But I mean, it is uh, a bit of a challenge in the beginning. If if you want to uh, do your, um, like, uh, all your invoices and... Uh, If you want to do accounting and your invoices by yourself, I mean, it it is uh, some stuff to to learn and to yeah, well, learning by doing also. But it's good to have someone from the beginning telling you how to do it correct. Yeah. <laughs> so so I I think for me it's it's been a bit um, because I do it myself and uh, I mean it takes some hours, but it also nice to to learn this these things and to feel like you have control and that you know these terms and uh, and then I actually I get help from a person when it's time to uh, declare Do you say like yeah that? yeah that's what once a year yes yeah. soon actually usually in May yeah uh, but I haven't I don't feel like it's a problem to combine like music and economy in that way It can be a little bit tricky with this um, accounting stuff, but it also depends on what you do. If you if you only do like uh, usually one kind of ordinary gigs, <laughs> it's not so complicated. So it can be a bit more tricky if you maybe I mean if you teach also, then you're supposed to have um, VAT. Yeah. Yes. Because I 
I teach privately and I have to add 25% on top of everything. It's annoying that something so valuable in people's lives that they have to pay so much more for it. But uh, anyway, that's something I just have to deal with and yeah, everyone (laughs) have to deal with. What I do now is I make my own invoices uh, (laughs) and it's it's fun to do but I've also started to use a company that is supposed to help me with all of the tax things Uh, and uh, it's very recent everything and my first declaration is in a year only so for the time being I'm not sure what I'm doing right and what I'm doing wrong but um, I've already made at least one mistake. I I realized as I was sending out an invoice that I had left out the last digit of my account number. Oh, no, no. And luckily, uh, it didn't affect many people, but just a a tiny thing like that, having to actually call someone to say, I'm sorry, but I made this, I mean, oh, all these uh, unpredictable little mistakes that happen that make me feel like such an amateur, but they happen once, right? And then you get into it and then you can be a proper professional. Yes. And I mean, things can happen all the time. It's <laughs> it's okay. It's human. Yeah. Yeah. But it sounds good that you do, that you do your own uh, invoices and... Uh, I think you you'll get into it. <laughs> yes, I think so too. And it will become easier when I know the areas in which I'm actually active. Yes. Um, yeah. So would you like to share your different income streams? I know that you play a lot of different gigs with ensembles and on your own. Uh, do you teach as well? Yeah, I do. Uh, not very much, but I have, uh, for now I have um, two private students and um, now during the pandemic we have met uh, online yeah it works it works fine I think I mean it's it's of course it's better to meet in real life but it's uh, it's been okay online I don't know how if have you also I've only done it a little bit actually and I've been fascinated by how how much one can get out of it even if it's online I mean I can't help them tune their instrument no, that's maybe that's, the biggest drawback, and also we can't really play together. But apart no. from that, um, I I could do it more. It was quite yeah. nice, actually. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, it works works fine. Um, but then, um, as studio jobs, uh, as Eric talked about, I mean, we play a lot, him and me, both uh, weddings as a duo, and also in studio, and then we. I mean, Eric is like a multi-instrumentalist, so he can play violin and uh, double bass also. So, but uh, usually we we can play as a quartet, but on two people in the studio. So I maybe I take the first and second violin, or I can play first and viola, and and he takes the cello and second violin or something like that. So that we do quite a lot, and. Um, well, uh, studio and TV recordings and sometimes orchestra playing. It, it was, Now it's a while ago, but 
I do that also. Yeah. Um, hmm, what else? And you arrange also? Not that much. Usually Eric mm. <laughs> does the arrange. He, he's really, really talented arranger, I think. Yeah. Um, but I, I do, uh, I make some music of my own and uh, I actually wish to find more time to do that and both uh, compose and arrange. And I mean, I remember Eric told you that also, but uh, in weddings and other gigs, it's not so uncommon that they wish for some special music that you then you need to yeah. arrange it for like our setting or so. Yeah. Mm. Um, you You feel you have found your boxes so to say you can focus on these things and you're happy with that yeah I think so yeah and I like to play such different kinds of music also that is like both classical and actually a lot of pop lately um, mm. I've been touring a lot with different Swedish uh, artists and that's fun and also some um, tango music I like Piazzolla mm. very much so I have a tango quintet and then we can we play both uh, concerts and like dance music so people can dance when we play and um, yeah like not so much folk music but a little bit um, some Persian music so it's it's very different kinds of music and I think that's what I like the most yeah. you can do a little bit of, of everything mm. um, yeah and do you find your customers or do they find you I think it's a little bit of both because I I'm a member of uh, I think Eric talked about them too, the Stråkkapellet yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a a good, a really good idea, I think. It was uh, two friends of mine who started that, uh, like a pool of string musicians. Yeah. So I think we're about maybe 15 or something members in total. And then, um, yeah, we can come as different uh, groups. I mean, a duo or quartet or 10 people, depending on what the customer Mm. Uh, once so some uh, jobs comes from Stroka Pellet uh, some is from I, I guess I have a website and sometimes people find me there mm. and contact me and uh, sometimes it's I mean I, I like to do my own projects also so I uh, like I mentioned I have a tango um, quintet and uh, yeah, some other constellations and then I sometimes apply for like um, grants from mm. the Swedish Arts Council or similar uh, to be able to make uh, our own uh, projects and uh, tours and stuff so I think it's a bit of both and then the more you play of course the more people you meet and mm. and that can create new contacts and, and jobs but I think it also it's important to to maybe try yourself also to 
yeah to to create your own stuff and and like uh, yeah. reach out and uh, yeah yeah <laughs> uh, I have a friend who's really good at applying for grants and I I've looked into some of those applications and it seems like um, I don't know how to know where to start because sometimes you need to already have a project before you can apply for a grant yeah. but then you would like to know you have a grant before you put mm. in the effort to make a project. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I agree. Um, it is a bit strange sometimes, like you say, that it feels like you have to have almost everything ready. Like you have to have done a lot of work uh, before. Yeah. And then maybe you get mm. the support that you need to to actually do it. So, yeah, it's, it's hard. Oh, I, um, I have a lot of questions. Your homepage, uh, yeah. which I, I took a look at, you said you have experience that your homepage actually has led to work for you. Do you know exactly what about your homepage that has drawn customers or colleagues to you? No, I'm not so good at that. The technical stuff <laughs> I'm not sure how that works um, besides that I, I've learned that if you have links to other pages and other uh, musicians or uh, yeah music pages or whatever I think that can be good because that's something that can mm. draw more traffic to your page I think so that's the only thing I I know, and I don't know if I have that many <laughs> links, but I think I have some. Yeah, besides that, I'm not sure, actually, how mm -hmm. people find me if they if they maybe search for Violist Stockholm and then yeah. I pop up. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah it, it's a little awkward, isn't it, to actually ask people how they found me and then to keep on digging. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've only... So I, I don't do that much, but... Uh, one of my students shared with me how she was looking for a cello teacher and that she was looking at different websites and why she chose to contact me. And that was so nice to mm -hmm. hear. And it, may, it made me think that as long as we make a website that can somehow show a little bit of who we are as people, then the, you know... Uh, people who get along with each other will be drawn to yeah, each other. Yeah, I guess so. Have you also experienced customers finding you via social media or LinkedIn or any of those places? Yes, LinkedIn. I I have it, but I don't use it. <laughs> so I'm not sure if, if anyone has found me there because I, I'm never there, but I have a page there. And, but uh, Facebook and um Maybe Instagram, but I think mostly Facebook in that case. That um, people sometimes, uh, uh, or I mean, friends of your friends, see see what you do, and then maybe contact you. Mm. Uh, so I think Facebook is actually good <laughs> in that way that you can, uh, yeah, yeah, you can show what you do, and, and a lot of people can yeah can find you there. I've also had a couple of people who said they found me through the posters I've been putting mm. up. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I've been making posters about teaching and putting them up on these notice yeah. boards in the city. Um, 
it's been raining now, so I will uh, now that the the good weather is coming back, I will take another round yeah. to <laughs> to put up uh, some yeah, more, some uh, dr- uh, some dry dry yeah, posters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So so far, it seems like yeah, different people find me in different mm-hmm. ways, <laughs> and it's going in the right direction. Uh, so I'm not stressed about it. Uh, it's taking some time, but it's definitely heading in the right direction. Yes. Do you do you think that Sweden is a good place to be a freelance musician in? Um, I think so. It's hard to yeah. compare when you haven't really uh, freelanced that much in another country. But I think it's it's okay. Sometimes you can feel maybe that classical music or, I mean, culture <laughs> uh, overall is not that prioritized. I mean, maybe now also after the pandemic and everything with that, like the... It was a crisis for many people, but uh, especially, I think, for people in the music and the theater and that field it was really really hard and i think that has also shown like still in sweden it's not so many people still think that it's more of a hobby maybe and and not like a real Mm -hmm. job and maybe that's yeah it's something that just exists but not everyone i think uh, is aware that it's um, it's an education behind it and uh, like you know, practicing and uh, that it it is actually a job. So I think it's okay, but but it could be better. Right? Are you saying this because you sometimes uh, have a hard time having people who want to buy your service pay properly? Um, sometimes, not not that often actually. I think it's. Uh, it's usually it's okay. It's more like the the common view in in Sweden, like people sometimes taking uh, music and culture for granted. I think it's more that. But personally, uh, I think it's uh, most of the times it's okay with like the setting the the fees and um, sometimes you have to argue <laughs> a little bit. And I don't like to. Mm. I don't like to do that. I don't like to talk about money in that way but sometimes you have to you have to explain like okay if I this is uh, an invoice and that means like you get about half of it when you I mean when taxes and everything is gone so yeah sometimes you have to explain how it works yes. how, how do you set your prices um, yeah well partly I look of how my colleagues what prices they have but but also yeah. there, there are some like uh, minimum uh, minimum rates on the musikerförbundet. I think. Uh, okay, I'll just write. That. It's about time I write that down. Let's see. Musikerförbundet. Yeah, they have like a minimum rate uh, table that uh. like you can see, and then you mm. can, yeah, you can have that as a starting point. Uh, it's good to have something to <laughs> to refer to. Yeah, I know they have that in Norway as mm. well. I'm I'm from Norway, and I have only been living here a f- few years, three three and a half. Okay. So um, 
I didn't even have much time to get into how it works in Norway, but I'm uh, at least making an effort to get into how it works yeah. here. Uh, this um, Musikerforbundet, like Musicians' Union, I guess, mm-hmm. is that something you're a member of? Uh, yes, I am, actually. I think, actually, I <laughs> I joined them when the pandemic started. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Safer together. Yeah. I, w- I was going to ask you about that, how you feel regarding work and money and what you do when it feels unsafe? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, because I guess it's easier, like for me, I, I'm single, I don't have children and I only have myself right now. So I guess that makes it a little bit easier. But I don't think I have any good answer to that because, I mean, it has it has worked for me uh, so far. But of course, some periods are a bit harder. <laughs> and then I guess I've just uh, tried to come up with ways to um, trying to get more jobs or, well, during the pandemic now, you had the possibility to apply for some, uh, what did they call it? crisis uh, support support. yeah yeah so that was really a savior Mm. uh, for a lot of us i have also i have been teaching uh, short periods on um, like kulturama yes uh, yeah i'm actually teaching there now oh you are yeah Yeah. okay good i guess you set aside money for when work is less I mean I I guess there is a wedding season right where you make a lot and then there is a time of year when you make less yeah when when is that time of year um well weddings are usually in the summer Mm. um and then when you make less I guess it's um maybe around uh, January February it's usually a little bit more less gigs um and then well i've been lucky to have done some tours like i said that's that's a good thing because then you know that you have some gigs ahead Mm. Um, and also some uh, shows here in stockholm Mm. and then maybe you have done like 40 or 50 of the same show and and then that's also a nice thing because then, then you don't have to worry for a couple of months yeah but i think the low period is maybe in the beginning of the year usually yeah because the summer weddings and then around christmas is usually quite a lot how how do you structure your work week Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i'm not so good at that i think Uh, or sometimes i am sometimes i'm not (laughs) right now uh, it's a bit of a struggle because, well, I I don't feel so well health-wise right now, so I'm, it's a bit tricky. But and also I I study another course, not music, oh. uh, a distance uh, writing course. Oh, yes, that I really enjoy, but I I feel like I'm a bit behind mm. with that. Um, but well. It's a bit hard to, with the structure because it's every week is so different. I mean, this coming week I have some uh, children play that I have to prepare for. 
and uh, well another week maybe you don't have any gig at all but then you have to I don't know prepare for something else so I it's hard to I think that's one of my problems <laughs> to find the good structure on, on, on a daily basis and also of the week because I think it's also important to to maybe set a time when okay now I'm that this is my free time mm. now I'm not supposed to be available I think it's hard for me it's hard I think it's it feels sometimes like I'm on <laughs> mm. all the time not really off and I don't think that's good. So I I'm not sure I'm the right person to <laughs> to to answer that question but but I I'm working on it. I think it's good to have like a set set a time uh, or some hours uh, each day like okay, this is my work work day and then I I don't know put the phone away or mm. don't answer yeah. emails or yeah. Yeah. It's something I really enjoy right now. I mean, I'm not drowning in work, so this is the time I can um, be aware of how it's like to be in charge of my days. Yeah, yeah, what to do in the morning, what to do later in the day, when to call it a day. Yeah. Uh, right now, I'm realizing how important it is. Uh, you mentioned health. Yeah. So I'm... Uh, dedicating the mornings to the things that I feel contribute to my health that sounds uh, good physically mentally yeah because it's it's so strange isn't it how we are no I can speak for myself uh, for me it feels like taking care of one's health is some kind of a luxury and that the time is supposed to be spent on so-called work but if I start my day with with yoga and meditation and some things that make me feel grounded in myself, then I'm well prepared for doing work yeah. for the rest of the day. Yes. And it's it's easy to skip those activities that don't contribute to making money. And uh, I know I'm probably very lucky to be able to do this but uh, it's uh, I wish everyone had the time to spend some time every day only on themselves uh, yeah I agree mm. it sounds really good that you do that and I I guess that I mean many of us have the time but it's it's just or I mean you should take the time yeah. I think for me it's, it's not it's not that I'm stressed about not making money I think it's more of a well I'm not sure why <laughs> I think I'm just I'm just stressed overall uh, and and that makes it hard to to structure your days and and prioritize mm. the right things sometimes but I, I mean I actually think that uh, your your health is the most important of course so that should come first but um, yeah it's hard sometimes to to actually do uh, the yeah. right thing. <laughs> I 
was going to ask whether or not you're available on your phone all time every day or if you because I notice I'm very available most of the time yeah. I'm in a different situation from you uh, so I I need you know to grab what I get in a way yeah <laughs> and I um, you know I, I need more students and so if someone is contacting me I want to to be there available yeah straight away but I can imagine when having more work there will maybe be more uh, of a need to decide when to not answer an email or uh, an sms yes I think so um, because I also have the feeling like I, I should be available and say yes <laughs> and answer quickly and, and all of this and um, I think it's a problem for many freelancers uh, that you yeah that you feel like you should be available and in some way you can understand the reason and on the other hand I I don't understand why <laughs> because I I think uh, it's totally fine to to answer an email the day after maybe yeah. so I think it's uh, some kind of pattern that you just uh, or f- at least for me like I I guess it's uh, some kind of stress like that you feel like you should answer right away mm. and uh, always yeah. try to find uh, to help out and sort out things and and I usually if I don't uh, if I'm not able to take a gig then I almost uh, always say that okay but I can uh, try and help you find uh, <laughs> another one and I went, that's nice but uh, it's not really my job <laughs> but but i mean <laughs> you want to to try and uh, and help <laughs> yeah. i quite like how we we have a time of our own of course there is this aspect of it which is which can be stressful yeah like you've been talking about but on the other hand i really like being outside of conventional time in a way i just now I was uh, invoicing a student of mine for more cello lessons and and I was wondering if if it's appropriate to post it on you know a public holiday you know should I wait yeah. until the day after Easter with sending an in- yeah. because you know to me Easter doesn't really mean anything you know mm. red days uh, or not doesn't really make any difference. No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think it's okay to to send an invoice on a red day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I so I did it because I was thinking if I order something yeah. online, exactly. I will be invoiced straight away, no matter what time it is. Yeah. And there was no problem to it. It was just yeah. funny to see that I was actually yeah. wondering about yeah. about this, you know. Uh, and maybe, yeah, I've sometimes been thinking uh, if I receive an email on a Saturday, I could maybe wait till mm. Monday sure. with yes. answering. That's totally <laughs> fine, even though to me it doesn't matter if it's no. Sunday or Monday. <laughs> but, yeah. No, it's not easy to, to put up those, those boundaries, but I guess it's it's good for you, <laughs> for me, for everyone, to have some 
yeah. uh, limits. <laughs> Have you had any experiences as a freelancer that you felt really unprepared for? Oh, yes. <laughs> I think it was, without mentioning any name, but it was, I think it was one of the um, tours with one of Swedish singer <laughs> and um, he wanted to change the key of uh, one of the songs and we played without uh, mm. music so it was only the whole uh, concert was uh, without any music in front of us and and that's uh, I, and I'm not sure how long before <laughs> he told us this but that can be a little bit stressful because of, of course for him it's not a problem to just sing a little bit <laughs> no. um different yeah but no. for us it was more like okay it's a total different thing. so that was a bit stressful stressful i remember but i mean we managed but that kind of stuff can happen like and that's actually a yeah. kind of tricky how to respond to that kind of <laughs> um request sometimes like of course you want to to do your best and, and meet this request and do it like they want but sometimes i feel like it's also good to like maybe explain that okay the, sure but this is a bit <laughs> uh, tricky for us to use it's extra work it's not like yeah it's extra work it's not not like this push a button no. and it's <laughs> a different case so, yeah that, that kind of stuff can be a bit stressful but that's also different between different musicians how you feel about that but did you I mean, now I'm in a quartet with a couple of singers and piano and me and the cello. So I've experienced this a lot already, the sudden change of key. And in the beginning, I was like, yeah. I, I'm not doing that straight away. I will go home. I will rearrange it for myself and come back prepared. And at this point, because yeah. <laughs> it's happened so many times, I'm just, ah, oh, screw it. I'm just going to yeah. do my best <laughs> and try to get into it yeah. uh, but one of the things coming up now that you know we are trying to promote ourselves and uh, get wedding gigs or similar things I don't have clothes <laughs> for that because <laughs> I'm not I'm not a super feminine I, in that sense in the like clothes sense no. so I, I realized because yeah. we were taking photos of ourselves for the first time and uh, the option I had of clothes felt pretty pathetic and just the question of, oh I should probably wash my hair and there is this uh, interesting thing that <laughs> happens when I try to put myself yeah. into the situation of the people we want to reach and how that affects my appearance you know mm. I want to look like a female cellist there for your yeah. wedding I should look pretty I shouldn't have mm. a greasy fringe um, <laughs> nothing funny <laughs> uh, and that seems to happen really naturally for a lot of women because I think most women anyway prefer to look like this and already have some nice dresses and stuff like that but I should really go shopping soon um, and see if I can find something not so expensive <clears throat> yeah yeah sure but I mean I I think that's uh an interesting question and it's a bit maybe deeper than all, only the music uh, or concert situation uh, and this thing about women having to <laughs> <laughs> look a certain way I think I mean I think you 
you shouldn't need to mm-hmm. feel that. But of course, it can be good to have maybe one black <laughs> long dress. Yeah. It's always always comes in hand, I think. But yeah, <laughs> I think you'll be fine. <laughs> I, my experience is that because sometimes I ask the wedding couple, like, do you have any special dress code for us? Or what, what do you want us to wear? And usually they're not so... No, picky. <laughs> At least maybe you don't don't show up in jeans, but <laughs> yeah. Um, as long as you like clean and I think it's, yeah. it's okay. I uh, here in Stockholm actually I played in a funeral and as a part of that I was outdoors, but it yeah. was a lot colder than I'd expected. So uh, and there is one photo from this yeah. event that I. I'm using a little bit, but I look so shabby because I hadn't, I hadn't even thought about <laughs> how I would look playing outdoors, wearing my uh, basically winter clothes, you know, uh, mm. this random-looking hat, and uh, I, my jacket was just very. It just didn't look good at all, and yeah, that, that's something I can. I mean, I, I appreciate you saying. But I can I don't have to think too much about what other others want, but uh, it's it's a balance balance and act. Sure, yeah, and then playing outside is also one <laughs> uh, tricky yeah. thing. Sometimes it's that can be um, one thing that you have to expl- explain. Sometimes that it's not possible for the string right. instruments to be outside if it's not like t-shirt weather <laughs> because it's. Yeah, it's not working or your fingers get cold. And, yeah. yeah, or direct sun is not so good either. No, so, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when it comes to the music, I mean, we haven't really been talking much about music. Um, I've just been drowning you with all the practical questions. Well, uh, that's okay. <laughs> but I have one practical music-related question as well. Okay, yeah. Because Because one of the reasons I didn't want to be a freelancer for some time was that I didn't want to play the music that would bring me money i wanted to play the mm. music i wanted to play <laughs> yeah and i'm doing this you know i i'm playing music that i'm not super happy about i can still find a way of enjoying yeah. it do you feel you have to act sometimes when you play music you don't you're not really happy to play but you have to put on an act and at least, you know, pretend like you can relate to it? Um, no, I don't think I have to do that, actually. Mm. I'm trying to remember if there is such occasions. I mean, I'm sure it has happened sometimes, but I think I I look at it like you said, that I, I in some way or another, I... I find a way to enjoy the music that I'm playing. And uh, mm. yeah, I mean, sometimes maybe you can play some pieces that <laughs> that you don't love, but I, I think it's okay. It's not a big problem as I see it. But sometimes, I mean, there are, there are times when you're doing playback gigs. Not that much, yeah. but it happens. <laughs> I mean, Eric yeah. told you about Melody Festival and... Um, yeah, the Eurovision. Yes. Yes. And uh, that's something, I mean, it's it's not often you do the kind of 
stuff, but it happens. And uh, it, it, it can feel a bit strange, because uh, mostly because uh, many people think that you're playing for real. <laughs> and I mean, we are playing on the stage, but you're, you, you're not hearing our instruments. Mm. So, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> that's a bit, that can feel a bit wrong. Uh, yeah. sometimes like I can imagine that. yeah like you're like trying to fool uh, the audience but I mean it's not our choice and I, I wouldn't uh, like to do that too much that kind of mm. because uh, it feels a bit silly in, in some aspect but mm. in the same time I think all the instrumental uh, stuff in Eurovision are playback as far as I know so mm. sometimes you just have to go with the flow and, <laughs> and and I mean it's at least it's it's um it's fun that they that they even want to have musicians <laughs> on the stage so it's yeah but I think yeah. um, for me it's more like maybe that kind of uh, situation situations that can feel a bit strange uh, rather than mm. uh, the music itself yeah, I see. Uh, what what would you suggest I do regarding making contacts among musicians that I can potentially work with in this city? Um, well, I think there, uh, there are some groups on Facebook. Maybe you have seen them, but like uh, musicians groups that you can join. Um I'm not sure if you uh, do you play any orchestra or I don't play an orchestra no. Are, no because I guess there are some uh, or I know <laughs> there are some um, uh, smaller orchestras or chamber orchestras what do you call them uh, in different churches um, for example that maybe you can join and meet other uh, freelancers there mm. um yeah, I think also uh, like you're doing with your podcast and like you're inviting people and talking to them and, and reaching out to other musicians and just uh, let them be aware that you exist uh, because it's always good to, to mm. know that there are uh, musicians uh, in town that you can ask for gigs. So, um, yeah. Do you think there is room for more cellists in Stockholm? Yes, I'm sure it is room for more. I don't think it can be too many, actually. Oh. Yeah. Um, last question. What does it mean for you to be a musician? Um, well, that's a big question. Um, <laughs> I think mm. it means for me that I can be creative uh, and um, express myself through my instrument. And it also means, um, yeah, it's a, it's a kind of a, a freedom, <laughs> uh, like you also talked about, like uh, you can, uh, to some extent at least, uh, decide how your days are going to be. Um, yeah, but I think uh, expressing myself and um, be creative. And I also really like to, uh, yeah, to do my own projects like you have an idea and then you see it get to into reality and then you of course it's a lot of work usually and maybe not so much 
uh, economy in that kind of projects, but I think mm. that uh, these kinds of jobs are the most rewarding in some way because they come from inside yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'll link to your homepage. There are some links there yeah. to video clips from projects you've been a part of. Yeah, I think I should maybe update my website a bit also, but <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening. I love having these conversations and I don't think there's any limit to what musician life can consist of. I'm these days, for example, observing how my recent interest in the tarot is influencing my cello practice. If you're a musician who feels like sharing your inspiration and influences, feel free to send me an email or write me via Instagram. The soundtrack for this episode is made by Mohamed Ame, and now he's posting more and more music on his SoundCloud page, so I'll start to include a link to that in the show notes. That's it for now. Take care. <laughs>